Welcome back, Heming Brainiacs, to the Heming Brainiac List podcast of Human Bondage, Chapter 23. Have you ever accidentally told someone you love them? And no egg mentions yet. Hmm. Hmm, where the eggs at, Mr. Author? Where are you hiding those eggs? Keeping them up your sleeve. Um, I did promise you guys some egg, dippy egg pictures. I was going to make some dippy eggs and post a picture on the subreddit, but... When I went to the shops a couple of days ago, I forgot to buy eggs, which was silly. So, um, you know, I'm in an egg-free zone right now. Thank God for this book, you know, giving me some egg, vicarious egg action, which we all need now and then. Swim said the mama fish, she said, I love, Ander, I love you, this, this, I love this question. Oh, you nearly accidentally said you love me. Um, it's all love though, really, isn't it? In this subreddit, we're one big happy family in the Hemingway list community. Uh, and I'm Norwegian, said this. No, but I did call a teacher mum once. Um, I think, I can't remember if this happened to me or someone else and I laughed at them. It was so long ago, but someone definitely hung up the phone to like, you know, calling the, the power company or the, you know, calling up about their phone bill or something. And at the end they said, okay, bye, I love you, and hung up and accidentally said it. Um, and I remember finding that very funny, but I I don't think it happened to me. I think it happened to someone else and I just found it hilarious. Anyway, it definitely happened. Or maybe it didn't. <laughs> maybe that. Maybe nothing happened. Maybe I don't even exist. Where am I? Hopefully we will see more of this sort of functioning alcoholic teacher says I'm a Norwegian. Something about stories with smart people living in squalor appeals to me. That is a very specific thing to appeal to you, but I'm with you. It's kind of cool. I like this character. I like how he wears his squalor as like a badge of honor. Uh, and like anyone who's, you know, going, trying to go to Oxford or, or make a bit of a name for themselves or, you know, at least shower. Those people are just kind of, you know, they're bores. They got something to prove. He's got nothing to prove. And I liked it how Philip felt embarrassed about how tidy he was in front of this guy because it's like, it's almost like he looks down on people who bother to shower. Uh, Philip is really growing as a character already. He might not have talked to a girl before, but he's not acting any more shy than I did when I was a kid. God, I was awkward back then. Oh, weren't we all? Acoustic Eel says, no, I haven't accidentally told someone I love them, but on the topic of taking song titles literally, there's a song from the musical Spamalot called The Song That Goes Like This. I wasn't familiar with the musical, and a friend kept talking about this song. Every time he said the title, I looked over and expected him to be doing some gesture or charade to show how the song goes. It's the song that goes like this, hand gesture, or at least hum part of the song to show how it goes, but no, nothing. That was a confusing conversation. I love the slovenly math professor. He's almost a math stereotype. Nothing matters except those numbers. Keeping my apartment clean, teaching at the popular school, playing tennis with the cool people. Those are all so far down my list of things that are important. Of course, I don't know that many math people, so that is probably untrue. I'm surprised he's not angling for tenure at Oxford. Um, yeah, I think he might just be a pig, you know? And using, oh no, I couldn't possibly clean my apartment I've uh, I've got to do my math always using that excuse is I think just a, an excuse 
you know, you can still get your math done and a little bit of tidying up here and there. Jan Brunt said Teutonic just means German. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, in this context, it's used as a mild insult. Fair enough then. Uh, yeah, a lot of these books, especially like the Russian ones, use, uh, War and Peace does this a lot, use like German as like an insult. Like German is the worst thing you can be because they're so, uh, they're so, I don't know, objective. What's the word I'm looking for? Logical. Yeah. They, they talk about them like they're the bloody, the, the, the whatever Spock is. What's Spock? Oh, God. I can't think of anything right now. Uh, you know what I mean. Anyway. Uh, Intrepid said this. Heavens, no. I would have been mortified if I had accidentally said that you love someone, that is. Uh, but that was a very humorous incident. I love how he pretends to feel rejected and allows her to believe and to be flattered by his declaration. No obvious mention of eggs, but Wharton did have a simple breakfast, quote-unquote. This could be code for egg, although why the author previously drew particular attention to eggs in Philip's life and are suddenly cryptic about them is a mystery. Hmm. The mysterious cryptic egg mention. Well, let's read on and see if there's any eggs in this chapter. Shall we? Uh, okay. Oh, I don't know how to say that author's name. Okay, there's a word in this chapter I've already seen. I don't know how to say it, but let's go. Professor Erlin gave Philip a lesson every day. He made out a list of books which Philip was to read till he was ready for the final achievement in of Faust. Forced. Faust? Forced. That's not the word, by the way. Uh, and meanwhile, ingeniously enough, started him on a German translation of one of the plays by Shakespeare, which Philip had studied at school. It was the period in Germany, Germany of Goethe's, Goethe's, Gotties, Goethe's, <laughs> G-O-E-T-H-E, Goethe, 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 God, why do I suck so much? Hang on, search internet. How, how to pronounce Goth. Got. Here we go. Goethe. Goethe? <laughs> what? Did you say Goethe? Goethe. 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 You think Goethe? Goethe or Goethe? Goethe. 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 Okay. G-O-E-T-H-E is pronounced Goethe. Okay. I, is there something wrong with me, guys? Why do I pronounce everything like I'm deaf? <laughs> Goethe. I'm going to write that on this notepad here in front of me. G I'm writing G-E-R-T-A. Goethe. It was the period in Germany of Goethe's highest fame. <clears throat> Notwithstanding his rather condescending attitude towards patriotism, he had been adopted as the national poet and seemed since the War of Seventy to be one of the most significant glories of national unity. The enthusiastic seemed the enthusiastic seemed in the wild the 
The enthusiastic seemed, in the wildness of the Walpurgisnacht, to hear the rattle of artillery at Gravelot. <clears throat> I don't know what that sentence meant. But one mark of a writer's greatness is that different minds can find in him different inspirations, and Professor Erlin, who hated the Prussians, gave his enthusiastic admiration of Goethe, because his works, Olympian and sedate, offered the only refuge for a sane mind against the onslaughts of the present generation. There was a dramatist whose name of late had been much heard at Heidelberg, and the winter before one of his plays had been given at the theatre amid the cheers of adherents and the hisses of decent people. Philip heard discussions about it at the Frau Professor's long table, and at these Professor Erlin lost his wonted calm. He beat the table with his fist and drowned all opposition with the roar of his fine deep voice. It was nonsense and obscene nonsense. nonsense. He forced himself to sit the play out, but he did not know whether he was more bored or nauseated. If that was what the theatre was coming to, then it was high time the police stepped in and closed the playhouse. He was no prude, and could laugh as well as anyone at the witty immorality of a farce at the Palais Royal, but here was nothing, here was nothing but filth. With an emphatic gesture he held his nose and whistled through his teeth. It was the ruin of the family, the uprooting of morals, the destruction of Germany. Eber, Adolf, said the Frau Professor from the other end of the table, calm yourself. He shook his fist at her. He was the mildest of creatures and ventured upon no action of his life without consulting her. No, Helena, I tell you this, he shouted. I would sooner my daughters were lying dead at my feet than see them listening to the garbage of that shameless fellow. The play was The Doll's House and the author was Henrik Ibsen. Professor Erlin classed him with Richard Wagner, but of him he spoke with, not with anger but with good-humoured laughter. He was a charlatan but a successful charlatan, and in that was always something for the comic spirit to rejoice in. Verukta Curl, a madman, he said. He had seen Lohagrin and that passed muster. It was dull, but no worse. But Siegfried, when he mentioned it, Professor Erlin leaned his head on his hand and bellowed with laughter. Not a melody in it from beginning to end. He could imagine Richard Wagner sitting in his box and laughing till his sides ached at the sight of all the people who were taking it seriously. It was the greatest hoax of the 19th century. He lifted his glass of beer to his lips, threw back his head and drank till the glass was empty. Then, wiping his mouth with the back of his hand, he said, I tell you, young people, that before the 19th century is out, Wagner will be as dead as mutton. Wagner. I would give all his works for one opera by for one opera by Donizetti. Alright, there we go, another chapter down. Don't really know what happened there. Someone has shaken up the world of opera though, I tell you that much, it's Wagner guy. Uh, have your say over at the subreddit. Thanks very much for listening. I'll see you tomorrow.